0: All right, there we okay. go.
1: Okay, so welcome, welcome, what? Aaron Saunders. Uh, In3Talks24, it's been quite some time we have not uh, spoken. Um, so it, just as we usually do, give us a little bit of an update of what's going on within 3 and, um, and also with your other business, Clearly Innovative, and what's, uh, what's going on with Aaron Saunders in 2021, because you haven't spoken to your audience since the, the start of the year. Okay, actually, so... On the In3Talks platform
0: starts top in three we started off our um, capital one sponsored program of uh, entrepreneurs that we're working with to kind of take it through our normal cohort excited to kind of get back at that we haven't run a program since what was i think last spring last summer last yeah. summer so it's kind of That's good fun. to get get that that energy that, that food for the soul mm-hmm, <laughs> that you yeah. get working with the good and the bad of working yeah. with you know <laughs> entrepreneurs uh, trying to kind of figure out what their business is grow their business create their business come up with appropriate strategies for success so it's good to get engaged with that um i have re-engaged with from a personal note which also kind of impacts the work we do it i'm re-engaging with my ceo group that i work with which I'm, you know the thing i like about it is i could take some of the stuff that we're dealing with at work and we can talk about it there. And then you learn strategies that you can circle back around. And so I find that helpful. I, I find um, engagement that you can apply to real world kind of in very short time span. I enjoy that much better than kind of sitting in a class and learning something. And then you're like, all right, when am I ever going to use this in real life? So I, I like the fact that I'm able to kind of apply the things that I'm learning in real time almost. I'm clearly innovative is still you know cruising along well. I think. Actually, the last time we spoke, we had hired a um, an apprentice. Yeah. She was with us for about three months, and she's since moved on and got a good job, had a great experience with her. Um, she did give us a referral to another gentleman who just started, what's today, Wednesday?
1: Yeah, Wednesday. She gave us
0: a referral to another gentleman who started on uh, Monday, and, and he's moving along fine. Another, I'll take a detour on each one of my updates, so <laughs> I'll take a detour now here that... Um, there was a post that I saw on LinkedIn from Kapoor Center. I think it was Kapoor Center, which I'll add a link in the uh, podcast where they were just talking about how like the the big companies have just done a horrible job on um, diversity inclusion in their apprenticeship program. And, you know, it's just, I just find it dumbfounded. Like I literally just send out a tweet, like literally just send out a tweet and I'm able to find, you know, apprentices. Right? Mm -hmm, It's really mm -hmm. not that hard. (laughs) And, you know, as I said in my response, we're a small organization. We got less than 10 people in our organization. And if we're able to manage right now, we're just managing one at a time. Um, And that's while doing our other jobs, right? These organizations can afford to hire a person To put together an apprenticeship program and run it. Like we're absorbing this apprenticeship in our normal day-to-day operations and figuring out how to add value for them. And when I say so much value that someone who's gone through it actually referred someone that she knows to do it also, right? Mm -hmm. So if it wasn't adding value, she wouldn't be telling these. Like this this other gentleman is someone that our first apprentice had gone through a boot camp with.
1: Right? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So she
0: went through a boot camp, was looking for work. And while she was trying to find a full-time job, she found that about our apprenticeship and she wanted to kind of get experience really working on projects. So that's what we do. We put them mm-hmm. on real projects. Mm-hmm. And so, um, as, and we knew we, we, we knew going in that she would still be looking for other jobs. And so that was fine. We're not upset. Um, I think we just ask folks when they come in for like a two, it's either a two or three month commitment. We ask them to try their best, right? Because we right. understand their long-term goals to find a job. Um, and I, but she they're stayed,
1: still paid. You're in, you're yes, we pay the, our yeah, interns.
0: Yeah, um, she yeah. stayed with us for three for three months. Mm-hmm. But she actually recommended someone else that she knew to say, "Hey, there's value working with these guys. You should go check them out."
1: Mm-hmm. And so we're
0: working with this gentleman right now. And so I'm I'm excited about that. And you know, once again, that's I get my energy off of doing this type of thing, just like I do working with the entrepreneurs. Um, so that that's good. Um, our our services business is going well. Hopefully we will um, get mm-hmm. to announce some um, interesting projects that we've worked with with two, actually three small businesses right now. Um, interesting enough, I think you'd say they're all like, are they all in the services space? You say
1: that? Mm. Yes. Yeah, yes, so they're, yeah. they're all in the services mm-hmm. space and mm-hmm. they're
0: all kind of in the sweet spot that we talk about all the time, which is about tech enabling existing businesses to add value. right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's uh, what all of these solutions are. Um, we so that's clearly innovative. Spoke about IN3. Um, the uh, futures written in code brand under IN3. Well, the brand that came out of Ion 3 Um, we've announced, and hopefully, you guys will start to see more in the press and kind of more uh, just more out there on social media about this program. It's our MVP MVP business boot camp. Where, um, I think, and you can help me on this for how I think that in in three labs focuses more on business and tech and we're kind of kind of shifting the weight with the MVP boot camp where it'll be more of a focus on tech but with some validation around the business to make sure that we're building the solution that's kind of aligned with your business goals right
1: absolutely right so that's kind of
0: so we'll have a little bit of the um, requirements validation stuff up front so that we're making sure we're building the right thing. And then we'll focus a lot of time on um, providing overall group support and individual support for um, uh, companies to build out an MVP.
1: Mm -hmm. So that's,
0: um, we'll include the link below on that. And what else has gone on? Um, We're continuing, I have some conversations coming up with other, um, what's the word I'm using now? Institutions. We're continuing <laughs> yeah, yeah. our work of having conversations with other institutions about providing uh, programs and services in the um, uh, ecosystem building innovation space, uh, mm. which is kind of, I would say, the where where we're moving with In3 into more of a service provider and less of a operator of a physical space, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're we're pretty excited about that. It gives us a lot of flexibility. Um, I'm excited that. We're actually having conversations with people um, outside of the district. So, mm-hmm. we're, you know, a, a big goal for those who have been following us was always to expand the N3 brand kind of nationwide. Yeah. Um, and so, we're having conversations with people in Maryland, we're having conversations with people in Atlanta. Um, I've had some conversations with people down in Florida. Um, so, we're, we're just excited to, you know, just to start to have the conversations with folks. Um, so, it <laughs> demonstrates that people see value in the work that we do. Um, and they're interested with uh, talking to us about it. Uh, now we need them to get interested in paying us for it. Yes. Then,
1: yes.
0: <laughs> then, then we'll, we'll all be happy,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because you're in business only when you get transactions. Yes,
0: yes. yes. Yeah, I say that yeah. to my friends. You don't ever got jobs, yeah. so you get your first paycheck, right? Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If not, you're a nonprofit, and even yes, a nonprofit yeah. needs to generate a, a you know exactly, revenue. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, you know, I mean, uh, thank you for that in terms of, so you've touched upon a few topics uh we'll definitely break it down so let's start with uh just off the bat in terms of the product development because you said it's a techno one of the things that you've always mentioned is that you you need to be either tech enabled or a technology company and your program the future written in code uh the product development is our community members have a lot of ideas but they don't know how to make it into a technology so elaborate a little bit more about what is the value that they're getting by participating into this uh, eight weeks uh, sessions, workshops to really do come out with an MVP of the technology solution Which with are, are understanding we, the business? We're
0: talking process. about the futures running code bootcamp.
1: Yes. Yes. All
0: right. So the basic, so the basic idea is that we've run clearly innovative for almost 12 years now, and mm-hmm. we've learnt, worked with a lot of entrepreneurs who might have some technical capability and have a basic understanding of what they want to build, but can't get it kind of to that next level. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're trying to do. Um, so from a technical perspective, what we're doing is we're utilizing the tools that we use every day, it's fairly innovative, which is Ionic framework. And we usually start out with Firebase or some other you know, um, database as a service is the term that I'll use. So We're not building out a full-blown back end. We're going to leverage one that exists already to save money. And we're gonna focus more on, you know, what is the first solution that I'm gonna deliver that's gonna demonstrate value to my target audience and then also demonstrate value to potential funders or whatever I need to help me move to the next place with the development of my solution. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the combination of the technology support that we provide, which is um, how do we build the solution as we say, Innovatively, clearly innovative, right? How do we build the solution, um, and make sure that we're spending our dollars where they need to be? And I'll give a perfect example on a gentleman that I just had a had a talk with, um, that I should have charged, but I'm going to figure out how to charge (laughs) you for. He's we're having a. I know him personally, um, and he wants me to help him build out a solution. Mm. And he came to me with a solution, and um, it's too much, right? He just simply doesn't have the money to build everything he needs to build. Mm. But, you know, through a back and forth conversation, which is the type of thing we're going to do in the boot camp, I helped him to understand where's the right way to, where's the best place to spend your money. So through back and forth conversations, we came to the conclusion that the most important part of the solution is how you're onboarding clients.
1: Right. Right. And
0: so instead of doing all this other nice stuff to make the app do this and do that, the money should be spent on onboarding the clients and making sure that that experience is the best experience in the world, because then that's that's where the value add is in the solution and onboarding the clients and getting them happy and getting them to kind of enter the information. The other stuff is just basic blocking and tackling. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if mm-hmm. you spend all your money in the basic blocking and tackling and you have this kind of basic onboarding experience. Yeah. What do you get?
1: <laughs> yeah, you right? know, one of the main things that, you you know, we talk about also, uh, especially after these inclusive innovation labs is a lot of people don't think it through. And this is one of the, the ad value that you bring is that from a product development perspective, what you're doing is you're breaking things down. Right. Mm. And you're saying these are the phases you're onboarding that you're mentioning but what is the value an additional value that they're getting through this uh, future written code uh, bootcamp is that you'll be they will, will all, uh, we are also integrating the business aspect think about yes. the processes and the systems uh, and the features because from because you're thinking it through from a from a wealth of experience you know i call you the tech guru of, or should i say the veteran cool. and so as a veteran you've been you've built so many solutions that it's easy for you to kind of map out what the product right. is Um, And so, can you just give us a little bit uh, in terms of uh, when do you expect to launch? uh, Like when is where they can go to find out information about this, and uh, then uh, how much it will cost.
0: Applications are open right now. I think I don't have it in front of me. I think the uh, introductory price that we have is what is
1: 475.
0: It's 475, which will be the price until I think the middle of March, and then it pops to like 600 and change. Um, it's, I think as we said, it's, it's an eight week program. First two weeks will be focused on um, requiring requirements and making sure we're defining what we want to build. Um, then the next four weeks will be focused on building. It'll be a combination of, for lack of a better word, lectures, where I'll talk about, um, we'll do a combination of talking about and developing uh, the scaffolding for your, for your solution. This will all be based off Vionic of framework. The assumption is that you will actually be building it, and we will mm-hmm. be supporting you as a technical resource to help you build it, answer your questions. Um, those questions will be answered in the group setting during the um, hour-long sessions during the week, and then there's also time for one-on-one sessions. Uh, we've, we believe that we're supporting up to two people from each team to participate. So if there's a product person and a technical person, they both can kind of be there for the whole journey, which we also think is important. Um, too often it's, it's, it's weighed one side or the other, and both are just as important to the product development phase. Um, and then after the, uh, the fourth week of the um, group sessions, we will still be doing two more weeks of one-on-one sessions to kind of uh, help folks you know, get to the next level. Um, and then we also will be offering um, additional hours of paid one-on-one support for um, people who want to continue to work with us.
1: Beautiful. Um, so, just as a snapshot, is uh, where do they go on your so- social media? Uh, that's where um, if you uh, follow uh, Aaron
0: K. Saunders on <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or you, or if you follow In Three D, In Three D C on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, you can click the link under the profile and. There'll be another link that talks specifically about um, this application, and also I'll embed it at the bottom of um, of this post.
1: Beautiful. So, as a as a as a, as a segue to another topic, which is what you talked about, the apprenticeship that you run. Uh, you've been doing this for quite some time uh, since I've known you. You've had you onboard the people that have no clue about technology, or even I would say UI UX. If I remember, at some point you had a junior person. So tell me why you do that, and what's the value that you see in terms of getting these people that have no background, but getting them on board. In this case, you, they had some technology background. So tell us a little bit more why you, as Aaron Saunders, is committed to doing this.
0: I mean, for, for one, is like even if even if you've go through a boot camp, it's still a classroom situation,
1: right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and Actually, I was just talking to someone about this the other day. Those are all tools that you're just putting in your tool chest, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That then you need to go into the real world and know which tool to pull out to apply to solve the problem. And until you've done that a couple of times, you just don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, I believe just like any other industry, you know, it's it's surprising that in every other industry, there's this concept of ventures. <laughs> right? Mm, yes. There's yeah. this concept of, I, I don't want to be offended, like, you know, who's your rabbi, right? I, I, know right? <laughs> right. I mean, you, but you know what I'm yeah. talking about, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have and, many of them, so yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. But mm. why don't we think about that from in a tech mm. perspective, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows
0: mm. that um, getting a job through, um, what's the word, uh, through a relationship or someone who knows someone is, you know, increases the probability of success, right? Yeah. Um, and so you know, it clearly innovative when we first started, one of the things that we wanted to do was increase the probability of success for people of color who came into the tech industry. And so that meant that their first job or one of their very first jobs needed to be and I'm gonna needed to be in a kind of safe learning, nurturing environment where there are people who cared about your success,
1: right? Mm -hmm. Who wanted
0: to support you. And that's kind of how we ended up getting into running the apprenticeship program. Like it was clear, like, look. I don't expect you to come in here and rock my world. Like that's not your job. Like you're an apprentice, you're junior, you're learning, and we're committed to helping you be successful because through your success, we'll be successful. Hmm. And, you know, if you take that approach, I think it'll change a lot of the crap that you see that's happening in the tech industry. Why is it important to Aaron? Why is this important? To this Aaron? is important to me because it's like, I see, I, you know, when I talk about, what I put on my policy hat, which you have to here in DC, right? So <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look at it, it's, it's really, you look at it, it's economic development,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? At the end of the day, it's economic development. It's about raging wages, increasing salaries of people and, you know, in, in specific zip codes, you mm-hmm. know, and if their salary comes up, they're going to spend more money. The people who they live with to live a better quality of life. And it's just all, you know, I mean, if you take it back to the basics, like why do people, why should people get jobs?
1: Right, mm-hmm. right.
0: Well, how about getting a job that you know can pay you well?
1: Right, especially in 21st century.
0: Right, you know, so I think for the most part, people are acknowledging that you don't necessarily need a computer science degree to work in the tech industry, that people Mm. are starting to buy into the value certificates and training and all these other things. And so why aren't we applying those Mm. in these communities um, to create jobs, increase, you know, create better quality of life for some of these folks. Um, and, you know, I think the work that we do can help that happen. You know, as I say to folks, um, I've done a lot of things from just learning how to code.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That if someone would have told me before that learning how to code, could have done all this, I would have never believed it. And I think there's a lot of folks who don't realize the opportunity that tech and innovation, the doors that it can open up for them.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so, you know, the work that we do, is um, you know allowing people to see those possibilities.
1: Beautiful, beautiful, and so that that leads us to the, the discussion of the N three institutional partnerships with mm. a few. Um, can you talk? Uh, I know you may ha- have to announce it in that later future, but can you talk about the partnership and why it's imp- because one of the things about N three is yes, <clears throat> you're a DC based company. Uh, but you are looking at going nationwide, and you don't have to have a physical infrastructure, but it's about the content that you produce, the programs. And so can you talk about the partnership in terms of building innovation labs?
0: The, the, the impact that COVID has had um, has been devastating to under resource communities. Mm-hmm. and But it's also kind of changed the game in how dollars are allocated, right? Um, Money is being given to institutions, it's just as simple as that, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are not an institution,
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we we talked about that.
0: You know, we're simply not an institution. So
1: um,
0: for us to go knocking on doors to say, hey, fund us to run this program in this community or whatever, um, yeah, we can probably get some wins, Mm -hmm. but there's a higher likelihood of success if we partner with a known institution um, to run programming because they're the places that people are going to write checks now right Mm. they're looking for i'm going to use that term again a safe space right (laughs) they're looking for a safe space to write a check that no one's going to come back to them and say why did you write a check for them or a place to write a check that um in their mind without being offensive to anyone and their limited understanding of the issue right? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. They
0: believe that that is the best place to write a check to. Yeah. 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 So we can, we can fight the system, fight the power, Mm
1: -hmm. right? (laughs) Or we can just, (laughs) right. Or we can just
0: acknowledge that checks are getting written to institutions. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: how do we partner with institutions to show them that we can help them have successful outcomes with the programs that they're trying to spin up with the money that they've raised?
1: Mm. the um, the aspect of um of mentorship because it, it it's kind of you're creating a cohort where they're they're learning from each other they're learning from an expert they're putting some time into developing their business um uh, but also going nationwide not just being restricted in one place because we we as a community um as black people we're across the the, mm. the nation and the world um, but I want to talk about, a bit more about the component of mentorship, uh, because I think one of the added value that you bring in all the programs, both in Future Written and Code and the innovation in labs that we, we run, um, there's office hours, mm. and those office hours are kind of these speed mentoring type of thing. Uh, talk about the importance of mentorship.
0: The One of the things that you find is that um, I see it when I work with um, technologists or developers who want to get into coding and you see it sometimes with entrepreneurs is that there's just not the level of Mm confidence that's needed to have a successful outcome. Um, There's a level of risk aversion um, Mm -hmm. because they just haven't seen enough examples of individuals that look like them or have come from where they've come to have been success or Um, because they're just afraid to fail and they don't think that they'll be given a second chance, right? So the one value that you get out of the one-on-ones are that you can kind of try to identify where there might be challenges that's holding the individual back that you simply can't identify in a large group session. That's one. And two, the individual might open up more in a one-on-one which then gives you a better opportunity to give them the individual support that they need so that they can be more successful when they move on. I mean, a lot of this hustle is just about confidence, right? Right. Absolutely. I mean, you yeah. can be as capable as you want, but if you aren't confident, sometimes if you're too afraid to fail,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're just not going to get there. Yeah. Because yeah. the reality is failure sometimes is part of the process. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Well, definitely right? it is part of the process. There is and no success without failure. Yes.
0: And you yeah. need to kind of, I don't see think you need to fall in love with failure, but you need to understand that, hey, I can get back up from this.
1: Mm-hmm. Indeed.
0: Which is a nice segue to kind of like the huge failure. I wouldn't say failure, but failure, maybe failure isn't the right word. Um, mm-hmm. An unsuccessful outcome or an unexpected mm-hmm. outcome, right? Mm-hmm. How you deal with the unexpected outcome.
1: Yeah.
0: And because you're going to run into a lot of them as an entrepreneur, right?
1: Yes. yes. A lot
0: of what you're doing is testing and validating. And what is fa- what is validating, other than mm. if it's not what you expected to happen, it's an unexpected outcome, which some might be certain, which some might say is failure. Yeah. But how do you respond to that?
1: Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah.
0: entrepreneurship and the work we do, a lot of it's about experimentation. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
0: What what are what do people think product market fit is?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's about yeah.
0: experimentation, trying to figure it out, right? And there are failures in that process, unexpected outcomes, and how you respond to them, is all part of kind of is the term I use now, grit, or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yeah. I think office hours, you know, circling back around to office hours, mentorship, providing one-on-one support, um, but also just being real about it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that expression, people blowing too much smoke, you know, right? Mm-hmm. I'll just stop Absolutely. there. Right? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, of and we, Right, and we need to acknowledge that there's a time to encourage, mm-hmm. but there's also a time to just be real, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yo, this shit ain't gonna work, <laughs> right? Yeah. What can we do that will work? What have we learned through this experience that could add value in the next step
1: mm-hmm. instead
0: of kind of wallowing in the failure or wallowing in the loss? it was just an experiment you validated, didn't work right. Let's move forward.
1: Yeah, good, you know, I was gonna come to that eventually building up to to the importance of and so on. So let's talk about the big elephant in the room, right? Mm -hmm. Is uh, the recent uh, announcement from um, in three in regards to uh, a partnership that uh, your company uh, has had invested in for over a year. Uh, facilitated the relationship, or the partnership with the different stakeholders to make this uh, thing happen. Um, and after the fact, after even the press release went out, uh, they pulled a plug. Uh, so, do you want to talk about it? Uh, you know, we we took some time before, uh, you know, a couple of months. I would say a month about. It's all been a, a month, right? About almost yeah. a month now um, since this thing happened, uh, or should I say, three weeks since this thing happened. Um, so let's talk about it, you know, and it, it comes to the entrepreneurship journey, right? It relates to the entrepreneurship journey. Um, you know, I know it's very closely because I was involved in it, uh, you know, through the process. So can you talk about a, a, for people who are saying, wait, hold on, what is this about? Tell us a little bit what happened, whatever you want to share, right?
0: I mean, the, uh, briefly. Because I'm yeah. trying to kind of I'm trying to move <laughs> on, right? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah. we spent from August. March. March was the initial conversation. Yeah. Um, but then at some point we were having regular meetings, yeah, weekly meetings. Yeah. Um, working on a project with Howard University and Fiserv to run an entry labs in partnership with them um to support Howard alumni encourage students to take them through our program. Um, Furthermore, FISERV had committed to forty thousand dollars in cash prizes to the top three companies that went through the program. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And as, as Rahel said, after multiple hours, you know, spent Mm-hmm. um constantly being reassured we would be getting paid mm-hmm. um, even being told to invoice them
1: mm-hmm. absolutely uh,
0: even after telling all parties involved that we were concerned about not getting paid
1: mm-hmm. and
0: being reassured by everyone we would get paid um the program was announced a press release went out two days later it got pulled We basically got shut down by Howard. We received no real explanation for why and we have not been paid and the program has been killed. Uh, Well, our partnership has been killed. Yes.
1: Because they have the design of that program
0: just as... Um, Yes, because remember the whole way this was set up was that we were running the program, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We were taking our program and running it based on specific requirements that they had on who would participate. Yeah. We did the press release.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: uh, laid out exactly what the program. we It was set that we were going to interview and actually select the entrepreneurs that would participate, and we were going to run it. So it was basically our program paid by somebody else with Howard's brand on it. Mm-hmm. I mean in a nutshell. And like I said, they killed it. And um, i don't ca- I don't really care that they killed it. That's okay. How they did it is what I find problematic. Um, and there's someone I know in the community who kind of wrote a blog post about it. And, um, you know, he told you know, he, he responded on his blog posts as he said, people were coming at him for calling Howard out. And, you know, he said it best. He's like, if we can't hold ourselves accountable, right. Then we have a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. And he, and, and this gentleman, he went to Howard. He says, I love Howard. I love my university. He says, I shout out H.U. Proud. But he's mm-hmm. like, I need to be able to call them out when they're not right. And he's like, what they did and what they're doing here is just not right. And what I say is that if, it, if a PWI, or for those who don't know, if a predominantly white Institute did this to any other black organization, folks be hollering up and down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And so my point is that there needs to be accountability all around for everyone, right? If I do something fucked up, y'all should hold me accountable.
1: Mm-hmm right? Mm-hmm.
0: And, yeah. you know, if our institutions do things that aren't right, they should be held accountable. Mm-hmm. And um, to, just to end it on that, we just got to do better as, as, a, you know, we just need to do better, <laughs> right? Yeah. Just as simple as yeah. that. Yeah. And and stop making excuses. Yeah. Right?
1: Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's it's good uh, in terms of I fully agree with you. And, and this is something that you and I have spoken offline in regards to holding you know, black legacy organizations accountable for things that they do and don't do. Um, You know, you give them their kudos when they're doing right, but when they're doing something faulty, they they should be uh, a little bit more responsible and astute in the way they do about it because, uh, all of us are committed to building the black community and oh. empowering and you know, the economic development and, and social justice and all. So lovely, thank you for, for sharing your side of, of the story. This is the first time you're actually echoing it. So uh, thank you, Aaron, for allowing me to ask you that question. Uh, so now let's segue to something that is a little bit more interesting, should I say. Um, let's talk about, you mentioned uh, what's going on with Aaron. You said you have a CEO group. What, is, what are you doing with that CEO group? I mean, I, I find it quite interesting. I know about it because you share it with me. Uh, please tell your audience about what's your CEO group, how it has benefited you.
0: So I have a CEO group uh, that I participate in. Um, it started out with me just doing one-on-one you know, coaching sessions. And um, the gentleman that I work with has kind of created a, um, a, a CEO group. You no, know, everybody's got it just because of COVID. And so, you know, what we do is we have um, monthly, we do two sessions a month. Um, one is online and one is in person. Um, he's kind of hand selected from other CEOs that he, other CEOs and senior executives that he has coached. And he's kind of hand picked to put together people that he think can benefit from being in the groups together. Um, And we work on, the interesting thing is it's not about, it's not all about coming in and focusing on kind of numbers and business strategy and all these other things. It's more focused on you knowing you and understanding you better so that you could be, so that basically you could perform at your best level. Now Mm -hmm. there's nothing wrong with leveraging the resources on your group for help and support around specific business related issues, or even, you know, the gentleman who runs the program, like he's more than happy to sit down with you and talk to you about your business strategies, review your pitch deck and do all other stuff. But a lot of the emphasis is on you as an individual, what goals you are trying to accomplish and really understanding who you are as an individual so that you can then understand what's holding you back, Mm -hmm. but then also understand how to leverage your strengths to help propel you, so. Mm Um, and it's it's helped me a lot with um, probably I would say the thing that it's helped me most with is being more confident with the value that I add. Mm, absolutely. If nothing else, I mean, Rahel, we've worked together That's for years. Time. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, we've worked yeah. together for years, and I've I, yeah. I mean, we've even had discussions where you've noticed my yeah. change. Um, yeah. It's being more comfortable with articulating the things that I know instead yeah. of keeping it all in. And you know the other thing I'm pushing is to try to get better with, um, you know, my my uh, my interpersonal skills. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so you know, I mean, I mean, it's it's um, I'm happy that you you know you tell me you share this part of it, and absolutely because I think knowing. Well, As I refer to you, the veteran, the the tech guru, and so on, there are many things that you don't outright say to people or that you demonstrate that you you know, you don't have a bunch of plaques around you yeah. to get the MBA, but you, there's no way you go into your office, and there's no plaque or anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you have all these accolades, and I remember even going into your office, you may have an award, but it's like, put it in some <laughs> drawer, <right? laughs> And so you just... And so these are parts of building your brand, and yes. you know, knowing that the the rest of the world sees the value in you, but you, you're just like, this is not what's important to me. The impact is important to me. And so let's talk about why. Uh, so you know, and I appreciate the fact that you're sharing about the mentorship that you're getting with the circle of CEOs that you're going.
0: But, and the thing I want to touch on, I, I want to share on that is it's like there's there's this culture sometimes. Um, I don't want to generalize, so I'll just say men.
1: I won't say black <laughs> men or I'll
0: just say men. Yeah. Um, sometimes there's this 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 feeling that asking for help indicates some sort of weakness, mm. right? Yeah. And then if I need help, then how can I really be a leader, right? Mm. Right. Yes. And yeah. so I mean, I talk about it so that people realize that so. Th- if they look at me and say, well, Aaron had some success, why does he need a coach? Why does he need help? Right. Mm, yeah. Actually, because I mean, if you need help, you need it. I mean, I, I have no problem telling people I saw a shrink from was three years at one point in my life. Right.
1: Mm, yes.
0: There's a lot of people who are like, oh, that's fucked up. What's wrong with you? Why are you gotta go see a shrink. <laughs> you know, you're crazy. No, yeah. I mean, sometimes
1: you just, you just, you gotta talk about it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed. <laughs> I'm in full agreement about those yeah, things. And yeah.
0: And so to yeah. me, and so, Absolutely.
1: you know, I'm in
0: full agreement. I think I do, I didn't really think about it when I first started being more open about this stuff from like the perspective it had in kind of the larger ecosystem, I did it more of as like, I got kids, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. trying to set an example for them. But as I look out farther and as I start to build like real relationships with folks, I'll be honest, I, there's a lot of folks that I've probably could have built re- more, I'll, I'll use the word genuine. Yeah. genuine yeah. relationships with over the years. But, you know, I just got too caught up in the impact, let's say, on doing what I wanted to do. And to me, I I thought that was more value than anything else. It was someone who told me this. I don't know if it was you or someone else. And they said, one of the things that a lot of um, folks like me don't focus on is they don't know when's that point in their career where you've done enough shit. Now you mm-hmm. need to start letting people know what you've done right Mm -hmm. and you wait too long to turn that switch and you Mm -hmm. miss out on a bunch of opportunities yeah I waited too long right yeah and now I'm trying to catch up and Mm -hmm. part of knowing when to turn that switch is that's when you realize that people respect you and respect what you've done and there's genuine relationships that you could have built that could have helped you actually accomplish the thing that you felt like you were doing by yourself all along. hmm
1: right. yeah, yeah, absolutely. You, you're definitely one of the last people to toot your own horn, that much I can yeah. say. You know, you, you're not uh, a person who's out there and, you know, we've talked about this for quite some time saying, well, you need to be out there, you know, doing the the schmoozing and so on and so forth. But, um, but you're not too late, you know, I don't believe that you're too late. Right. I think everything has its own time uh and it's it's a perfect timing so in terms of um so going back a little bit in terms of what you env- you envision for yourself as you know it's 2021 uh no you know you haven't done an three talks uh, starting in 2021 unless it's those the mm. snippets that you do uh, if they don't follow you on um for people that follow you on social media uh but what do you envision for 2021
0: so twenty there's, there's um actually if I had my notes because this is one of the things that they made us do in our uh, in our in our CEO group was to kind of like actually because he he uses bigger words, it was like what are what's gonna make 2021 extraordinary?
1: Mm, yes, I like that. I like that.
0: Um and I know I, I don't have all of them directly right here and I don't really want to read it part of me is like the things that I remember are probably the ones that I will execute because I still remember them. Right.
1: Mm, yes. And I mean, a,
0: a big part of it, I mean, was that, you know, I, I, I don't know how many I said, but I said, I wanted to build n number of relationships mm. that would help me accomplish the goals that I want to accomplish for 2021. So what I'm doing there is I'm shifting the priority from what are the things that Aaron Saunders as an individual can do to have a successful outcome in 2021 to Mm -hmm. more of what are the relationships that I can build with individuals, institutions that I can collaborate with that can help me scale to accomplish the things that I wanna do that I know I just simply can't accomplish on my own. Like before I just felt like I had to put all of it on my back and kind of get Mm -hmm. it across the finish line. And now I'm realizing that my energy is better spent building relationships and collaborations with other individuals that can potentially help me to accomplish all the things I wanna accomplish. So I know a big part of it was building relationships. Um, other thing was, and I've made some good progress and I need to make more was, is, is the um, focusing on the content creation around education. right? Taking a lot of the work that I've just kind of been doing here and there and kind of really focusing on it as a business objective. Um, which I'm I'm comfortable with the progress that I've made so far. I mean, we're in March. Yeah. I've pushed out um, three courses already on Udemy. Um, we're about to launch this um, business bootcamp, I mean, this technical bootcamp, which we've spoken about for probably two years. Um, mm-hmm. And we're finally getting that launch. And so um, uh, I'm excited about that. Um, we, we finally, as you mentioned earlier on, we haven't really had apprentices in what, two years? Yeah. So yeah, we're kind two of, years. yeah, so we're finally getting back to that. And, um, you know, still still moving aggressively. I, I was thinking about this the other day. Like, I don't think that I spent a lot of time outwardly focused on pushing the N3 brand and the work we did because we were just so busy trying to keep the damn lights on,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. We were
0: so focused on the internal operations of the physical space that we just didn't spend a lot of time on the phone, talking to people, telling them the work that we did and saying, how can we work together? Yeah. And I think we're doing more. I mean, it's only like March and I think we're doing more of that already.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That telling your story as as much as possible is one of the important aspects of it Um, and relationship building as we talked about. So I wanna, you know, I know if somebody had to go through your entry talks one of them, they will find it but I wanna just do this uh, for the heck of, of doing it. Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I found, my, I found my list.
1: Oh, lovely. How about you give us your top five?
0: Uh, I'll take the personal ones out and focus on the business ones. Um, so, well, I'll, I'll leave one and take better care of myself from a health perspective, right?
1: Okay. Because if
0: I'm not healthy, uh, things are going to be bad. Um, the other ones, as I said, were focused on, um, on uh, helping us kind of move forward. And one was to identify a, a senior operational resource. Mm -hmm. Um, to focus on more of the operational stuff so I can kind of shift over to more of a kind of business development perspective, kind of telling our story, letting the world know what we're doing, Um, and um, also focus more, provide more support to Clearly Innovative. When I'm more more engaged, the business grows better. Um, The other thing is I wanted to, to, this was I was very specific about, Um, I wanted to double the annual revenue of Clearly Innovative. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I wanted to do, which we don't really even talk about that much, is just kind of like the bald-headed stepchild. Just kind of we just drag along <laughs> in the back, make them sit all the way to the back of the station wagon, right? <laughs> you don't even let them sit up. They're like in the back, in the seat that's facing backwards, looking <laughs> <laughs> up. Um, and that's our education business, right? Yes, yes. I mean, I think uh, I was talking to Denise, and so she, she said like the best year we did our education business, which we never advertised. We mm-hmm. rarely promote. Our best year we did was three hundred thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to we want to double that this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I may want to make commitment to is have at least two speaking engagements,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, uh, not not like podcasts or something like like yeah. on more. On,
1: on- on more
0: well-known branded conferences or something to, yeah. to speak, and actually and, and specifically national ones,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Like I've done
0: mm-hmm. like the local circuit here in D.C., and every now and then they call me to talk about it. It's like, no, I want I need to do something more on a national level. Um, identify education innovation programming partners outside of um, uh, D.C.,
1: mm-hmm.
0: outside of physically D.C., basically in the in the D.M.V. region, kind of Maryland, Northern Virginia. Um, and then also identify education innovation partners outside of the region. So across the United States, right? So I want one close by regionally and another mm-hmm. one out, you know, further out. And then the last one we're still talking about internally is um, we're based here in DC. We're a minority-owned business and we are not an 8A firm. Mm-hmm. And so we're we're still kind of trying to get our paperwork done for, <laughs> You know, Mm -hmm. the beginning of this year, but then we do want to sit down and have a real conversation about, you know, what will it take for us at least to get our 8A because we are here in a district, we are an 8A based firm. Um, And so, you know, what other opportunities can that create for us?
1: Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And for those who don't uh, know what 8A
0: is, because there might be some people who don't know what 8A is. (laughs) Um, Actually, I don't know where the number 8A comes from, but I know it's a set aside for minority owned businesses. Um, that uh, certain government agencies have a certain amount of their budget that needs to be spent on ADA, spent with 88 firms yes and, exactly and as a, a minority yeah.
1: yes
0: and as a technology firm based in a district owned by a minority
1: yeah.
0: you know it's you, almost you a,
1: qualify i, I qualify <laughs> right? yeah, exactly. it's just it's just
0: it's just a process issue now i should be just go yeah. through the process of filling out the paper and
1: getting it done yeah. Yeah. Now this is great. I, I think in terms of, uh, we've, we've touched upon, uh, different elements. Um, and I think for, for entrepreneurs to hear you say, well, these are my, my envisioning lists, like these are my priority list. This is what we're going to, I'm going to do for myself to grow my business and so on. So, um, as we're wrapping up, uh, is there any specific thing that you want to mention, uh, in regards to certain programs or, um, in terms of what you would leave some of the followers, audience, members, in terms of if you had to, to give them three key things to say, um, you know, you should do A, B, and C. What would be the A, B, and C?
0: In regards to themselves or for, or for me?
1: Not for them. Like if you had to advise someone saying, uh, an, uh, an entrepreneur, a business, uh, given the fact that you've gone through a CEO you know, group where you have learned, And you would say, you know what, if I had learned about these things when I was 10 years ago, when I started my business as an entrepreneur, I should have known these things. What would be the three things? I mean, I think
0: the, I think the first one is the one we spoke about before, which is kind of knowing when to switch from internal focus to external focus, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right? Um, A lot of entrepreneurs, you spend so much time building the product and that you're, you're not, you're not focused on on building the market or even identifying the market, right? I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know where I read it. Actually, I know where I read it. I saw a video a video I included in our application from Michael Seibel, and he was talking about, um, he works with startups and he says to them, where are you going to get your first customer? And a lot of them look at him kind of, you know, cross, like they don't have an answer. Then he's like, then what the, what the hell are you building? Mm-hmm. If you don't even know where you're going to find your first customer,
1: <laughs> right, right,
0: aren't you supposed to be building something for a market?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if you
0: haven't identified that market then what are you building <laughs> all
1: right yes right. yes just an idea that just popped yes, and they're going right? yeah yeah that. Um,
0: and, and yeah. so it's like um, that's some advice I would give you make sure you understand who you're selling you should be able to describe you know at least generally who you're built like who you're building this for and what this problem is you're trying to it's one thing to say the problem you're trying to solve right yeah yeah but who has that problem Mm-hmm. That's who yeah. you're trying to sell to, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing is, you know, as I said, that switch from kind of focus internally to externally, which is important, and then, um, which is kind of related to this also, is that, you know, understanding. We discussed this yesterday. You know, pick the percentage number,
1: mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm.
0: X percent of something is better than zero percent of nothing.
1: Absolutely, a lot of people don't. Sorry,
0: sorry, a hundred percent of nothing.
1: Yeah, right? yeah.
0: And so, being an entrepreneur is hard. Starting a business is hard. There is no shame in having a co-founder,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. There's no
0: shame in having yeah. a founding team to kind of help you get it across the finish line, um, yeah. because the shit is hard. Yeah.
1: yeah. And
0: yeah. if you're really committed to what you're doing and want to see a successful outcome, sometimes asking for help, adding people to the team who have the skills that you don't have, um, is the best way to get it done. And mm-hmm. I think that a lot of time entrepreneurs feel like there's some sort of badge you get for, you know, saying I did this all by myself.
1: Yeah, 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 no, it's, uh, we need to learn to work with each other and work with, with one another, uh, collaborate, partner, as you're saying, in terms of even as part of your goals. So Aaron, uh, if people wanted to find you, where do they go?
0: um, Aaron K Saunders, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I set up my link tree on my um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram posts. So when you click the profile, it'll take you to a long list of links that talk about um, all my technical work I'm doing, my courses, my videos. Um, It'll redirect you back to some of the work we're doing at IN3 application for the boot camp so everything is kind of is a jump off from my profile uh, link on all those social media platforms.
1: Beautiful uh, which I, I wanted to just be, rewind a little bit in terms of what I wanted to finish as a sentence earlier on if Aaron if they had to go back into your videos and earlier in three talks they would find it but let's do this quickly is um, Aaron, when did you start uh, coding?
0: I started coding when I was in sixth grade
1: uh when did you s- jump into the uh workforce as a programmer computer scientist engineer, i started i
0: started getting paid to write software my freshman year in college
1: when did you uh what platforms did you start that people just in the mainstream started finding out later on
0: i don't understand the question
1: meaning like you told me that to be e-commerce for instance you were building. oh yeah i mean company. i was
0: doing um actually i that if i th- think about it, really, you know, when I was a sophomore in college, I was writing a um, a retail system to connect the cash registers for a small computer shop in Columbus, Ohio.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay. Actually, I always forget about that. So like we were connecting it to the register, generating reports, and actually trying to figure it out how to connect to the bank to do transfers. And that was in the 80s
1: <laughs> thank you that's what i wanted to uh, it, t- have you gone uh, to different countries to run yes, projects and for so clients? And
0: then um i worked on the first nike store.com the first disney store.com um i went to europe and i worked on marks and spencers.com i did some work for verizon down in tampa i did some work in chicago i spent a year in california working on uh the second version of the DisneyStore.com. The company I worked for built the first DisneyStore.com. And then that was like the first big year of e commerce for Disney. And then they brought us back to address issues from the first Christmas. And we came back, I think, in February after that Christmas. And I spent the whole next year working on the second version of DisneyStore.com um, to kind of bring it up live.
1: Beautiful. When did you start your company and with what kind of project did you start it?
0: We started our company about 12 years ago, and we spun it off of, it's funny, what's old is news. So I got my first clients from blogging. Mm. So I was doing, um, I had a full-time job, and I was using technology, Accelerator Titanium or Titanium Accelerator and um, it was a relatively new cross-platform framework, and it was difficult to find answers, because it was relatively new, and so I would Google and search for answers, and if I couldn't find an answer once I solved it, I would blog about it, so that's how I started blogging, Um, and then people start to follow my blog, and they would find answers there, and then some folks would say, hey, do you just want to do my whole project, Mm -hmm. and so I started getting clients. I got three I had three clients before I quit and started Clearly Innovative.
1: Beautiful. And so
0: that's how it all started.
1: And uh, the type of projects that you can do in range, if someone has, and this is one thing that they will do through future written and code uh, bootcamp. But if a client was interested, what kind of range of projects uh, or products can you kind of right. so
0: deliver? So if we just focus on the clients we had, so we work with small startups. Mm -hmm. Um, But then we've also worked with, um, our largest client right now is the Smithsonian National Museum of African American History and Culture, so that's a pretty large project, we've done some work for Red Cross, helped with an e-commerce solution there, done some work for uh, Queens Public Library, Uh, we are currently working on a um, a delivery solution for a client. Um, we're working on community building solution for a client. We're working on the services kind of management for field workers right now, um, client um, solutions. So it, it varies, you know, it varies. Um, we have a very hands-on approach to working with our clients with the same advice we give folks that come to our, um, our boot camps about focusing on value add um, sprints to add value, not trying to do this one huge, like eight month long, Till, you're, till someone sees the solution. Um, uh, we meet frequent with our clients and we give them advice, right? Mm-hmm. We don't just sit down and they say, all right, build this and go off and build it. Like if we think it's wrong, we will tell them, hey, we don't think this is right. We will recommend mm-hmm. solutions for them. Um, this last year has been a heavy push into um, uh, e-commerce, retail, pretty much all the solutions that we're working on have now payment integrations one way or another for people to buy and sell um, goods or services through the solutions that we build.
1: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Aaron. Uh, they can find you again uh, one last time if you can repeat it where they can find you. Aaron Case,
0: A-A-R-O-N K Saunders, S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S, mm-hmm. um, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram.
1: Beautiful. Thank you so right. much. Thank, thank you. Have a nice
0: one. Thank Take you. Care. Bye now.